and say it like you mean it. Say, this is God's word. Come on, you can do better than that. This is God's word. Not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you, Father, that your word is life-giving. And it is designed to help us live a life of overcoming faith and victory. We thank you that it is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. Most of all, we thank you that you're going to use your word by the Spirit of God to guide each and every one of us and teach us in the ways that we should go. Father, I pray that the sincerity of my heart will be able to communicate the gospel, the power of God that is unto salvation. And I pray that every person here will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to them. We take authority over any distraction that will keep anyone from focusing and hearing and receiving your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. We are currently in a series of lessons called Becoming Holy Spirit Conscious. Say that with me. Say Becoming Holy Spirit Conscious. Now, the main objective is to sensitize believers to the voice promptings and directives of the Holy Spirit so that we can be led by him and live a supernatural life. Amen. Every believer will discover, receive confirmation or at least understand the path of God's will for their life. If you don't know God's will for your life, this lesson will at least get you on the path of discovering what God's will is for your life. Our lesson today is uh, Becoming Holy Spirit Sensitive Part 2. Now, if you would, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This was our foundational verse that we used uh, for the last week or so. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We need to understand is that the Holy Spirit knows what God has in store for us. Here is what exciting. And this is why you don't need to call the 1-800. I need a psychic person. This is why you don't need to read your horoscope every day. See, some of you all's horoscope is creating horror. I mean, why would you take what somebody has wrote in a newspaper to believe it for your life when you when you can't you don't even know who they are. They could have been drinking that night and was just upset with their girlfriend and just wrote, if you are a Libra, you're gonna die today. <laughs> Touch your neighbor, say neighbor. Somebody in here reading horoscopes. <laughs> Watch this now. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what's going on in my life. First Corinthians chapter two, look in verse nine. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That just tells me that the Holy Spirit knows the things that God has already planned for my life. 
So I don't have to read my horoscope. All I have to do, do is read his word. It says here in verse 10, but God has revealed those things which I haven't heard, which I haven't seen, neither has it entered into my heart. Watch this now. The Spirit of God has revealed those things to us. For the Spirit of God searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now, the word reveal there, we went over it last week. I'm not going to get into that. It means to make known before what was unknown. To make known what was before unknown. So God's plan for us to know his will is for us to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our life so that we can sensitize ourselves enough so that when the Holy Spirit is directing us, we'll know which way to go. Why do you want to follow the Holy Spirit? Because he knows your destiny. Now, you don't have to turn there, but in, in John chapter 16, verse 13, It talks about Jesus said that he, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, which was the Holy Spirit, will teach us all things and bring all things back to our members. And then he also said that he would guide us. The word lead and guide us into all truth. The word guide there, it really has the connotation of a navigation system. And we talked about that on last week. And so we left off in the middle of me just, you know, getting ready to go out. But I I did something on purpose last week. If you notice, in the middle of my points on sharing with you the six ways that the Holy Spirit will share, will talk to you, I just stopped and just walked out. Do y'all see that? Now, how many know that was quenching the Spirit? Raise your hand. Come on now, y'all ain't going to say nothing bad about you. Okay, let me put it like this. Because, see, you really don't know, and this is why I did it. See, some of us are quenching the Spirit, and we don't know we're quenching it because we don't know what quenching feels like. So how did it feel when I just stopped and just walked out of here last week in the middle of that sermon? Didn't it feel funny? That's quenching the spirit. But I did it so you can see what quenching the spirit feels like. Because the Bible tells us to quench not the spirit. Now, if you quench the Holy Spirit in your life, he can't lead you where he wants you to go. Amen. Now, we talked about six ways Uh, That the Holy Spirit speaks to us. The first one we talked about last week was through the word preached. This is where God uses the Holy Spirit to minister to us through the preached word. Amen. The scripture says in Romans 10, 13, you don't have to turn there. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall shall be saved. How can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? So that's why you need me in your life. Because God's going to use the Holy Spirit to use me to teach his word so you can hear it. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor. That's why I knew I needed a pastor. So the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you through the word preaching. That's why sometimes when I'm talking to some of y'all, it seems like I'm just sitting in your lap slapping you. Then number two, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us through waiting in prayer. This is where I'm in a quiet place before the Lord and the Holy Spirit speaks to me the things that I need to know for my everyday life and my future. If you write down Luke chapter 6 verse 12 and 13, the Bible says that Jesus went out to pray and when he got through praying, that's when he chose his disciples. You don't make major decisions in your life without spending some time in prayer so the Holy Spirit can talk to you about what he wants you to do. Just because now... That job pays more money doesn't necessarily mean you need to take it. Amen. You could actually have the devil as your supervisor. How many have had a devil as a supervisor? Let me see your hand. 
Uh-huh. Put your hand down. If you didn't raise your hand, maybe you were the devil supervisor. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just missing. I'm just missing. I'm just messing with you. Number three, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through prophetic words. This is where the Holy Spirit uses someone to speak divine utterances and instructions for my life that is designed to confirm or deposit something God has done for me or something that God wants to do for me or something that God has already told me and he's just confirming it. Amen. No one told me that I was supposed to preach after God had, God told me first and then it got confirmed. See, some of you all are chasing words. You don't chase prophecy. Amen. Number four, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us through worship experiences. This is where I'm in position to hear the Holy Spirit through the act of worshiping, praising, and even through visions and dreams. You ever had a dream and then it came true? That was God. God will give you a vision for something. And he wants to use those particular avenues for the Holy Spirit to, to talk to you. I remember years ago, everybody said years ago. Years ago, uh, I like to pray. See, my thing is take advantage of times where you have routine things to do. In other words, while you're brushing that hot breath in the morning, at least listen to the word on CD or tape while you're doing that. Or listen to me preaching to you. Don't just brush your teeth and just be thinking about the birds and the bees. What am I going to do today when I get to work? Oh, I know Linda's going to get on my nerve today. Don't do that. Listen to the word. So what I do, I take opportunities where I have routine things going on in my life and I use them for spiritual purposes. I pray in the shower. And so years ago, I was praying in the shower and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're going to speak at Dion Sanders Bible study. Now, this is when Dion first got saved years ago. And I knew him, but I didn't know him enough to just come and ask him to speak at his Bible study. I ain't asking nobody to speak nowhere. Amen. I've never done it. I never will. Right. Well, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me that. And it was clear as day. I was thinking, how in the world is that going to happen? Well, two weeks went by. And my pastor at the time came to me and said, hey, hey, uh, what you got going on tomorrow evening? I was like, nothing. He said, uh, Dion said, can you come and speak at his Bible study? I already knew it. Now, I could have said, uh, why you it take you two weeks to tell me that? <laughs> in other words, the Holy Spirit is going to show you things to come. But it was in that worshiping atmosphere. I'm just praying in the Spirit, just praising the Lord in the shower. And boom, the, the Lord speaks to me. And then number, what number am I on? Number five, he's going to speak to you through the written word. This is where God will use the Holy Spirit to illuminate God's word and teach me things I wouldn't know or understand through the scriptures. Amen. God's word should be the main way in which the Holy Spirit convicts and corrects us. You know, if somebody's correcting you from the outside, that means you really ain't been paying attention to the Holy Spirit on the inside. Amen. All right. Then number six, this is through walking in the spirit. This is where I wake up every day purposely decided to be conscious of the Holy Spirit and open and obedient to anything he wants me to do. In other words, you wake up every morning. This is where I choose now to follow the spirit and not the flesh. This is a conscious decision. You got to wake up every morning and say, Lord, I'm available. I'm sensitive and I will do exactly what you want me to do. Now, that's a tough life. See, most of the people, they don't wake up and do that because they don't really want to do what God wants them to do. But see, when you understand that what God wants you to do is going to profit your life, you'll do that. Amen. Now, I want to jump into something. Uh, Last week, I talked about two main ways that we receive the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit inwardly, and then we manifest the Holy Spirit outwardly. Everybody say inwardly. Inwardly. Outwardly. Now, I want you to do this. Turn over to uh, 
2 uh, Corinthians chapter 1. Well, you know what? Don't turn there. I'm going to tell you what it says. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. The leading of the Holy Spirit in our life takes place in our hearts. Last week I gave you 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 1 verse 22. It says, God who has sealed us and given us the earnest of his spirit in our hearts. So the Holy Spirit is located where, class? Where is he? He's in our hearts. And that's why you got to keep your heart clean. Keep your heart clean. Keep your heart clean. If somebody getting on you, don't let bitterness, envy, all that junk, don't let it come in your heart. Because if he comes in your heart, if that comes in your heart, the Holy Spirit, when he's trying to talk to you, he, you can't hear him. So he's in our hearts. Say he's in our heart. He's in our hearts. And that's where we're being led from. Now, spiritual, you can write this down as a point. Spirit-led directions will always produce life, freedom, and success. I'm going to say it again. Spirit-led directions will always produce life, freedom, and success in your life. Watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Are you there? Look in verse 17. It says, now the, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. The word liberty means freedom. So guess what? When God begins to lead me by his spirit, that spirit is designed to lead me into freedom. And there's nothing like being led by God to do something God has called you exactly to do. And let me tell you a secret. There's no problem in your life that is too big for the Holy Spirit to give you the answer. I remember when we moved from to this location. Remember now, we, used to, we started out in the elementary school. This elementary school was a great location. It was actually just down the street from here. And here we are. We're meeting at this location. And in, in about a little over a year, our attendance jumped where we either had to have two services at this location or move. Now, at the time, to be honest with you, I was lazy and I did not want to preach twice. So I said, Lord, I don't want to preach twice. We need to find somewhere else to, to go to. So I was praying in the spirit. Everybody say praying in the spirit. I'm praying at home. I'm praying at home in my prayer time. And I'm praying. And I'm praying by the spirit of God. And then all of a sudden, a a, a vision comes to me. And it was a vision of this auditorium. Now check this out now. Here's the problem with that. I have never been here before. Here's the other problem with that. I didn't even know this school existed. So I begin to say, Lord, where is that place? Where is the place? So I got in a couple of days. I just drive around, didn't see none. And then one day I got in my car and I was driving. And he said, go back to the street that you have church at now. And he said, go to the opposite direction. Well, I knew this was a dead end, but I didn't know what was at the dead end. And I get down here and here's a school. And I drive up to the parking lot. He said, this is the place right here. He said, remember that place I showed you? I said, yeah. He said, this is it right here. He said, go inside. I went inside and I said, do y'all have a place that maybe like a church can have church in? Like an auditorium? They said, oh, yeah. I said, can I see it? They said, yeah, you can see it. And so they brought me back here and I walked in here. I was like, wow, this is it. Now, I couldn't have known that in the natural. And so remember, those of you who came from Kenneth Davis, how many came from Kenneth Davis? Let me see your hand. Ooh, quite a few. All right, watch this. Y'all remember I made a photocopy. I took a picture of this auditorium and I gave you a photocopy and I gave you the scripture to start confessing. And God told me that they were going to, they were going to let us use this place and they turned us down three times. But see, if God tells you something, it's just a matter of time. 
And I didn't walk around. They told me, no, Lord, did you really say that? What am I going to do? I didn't do that. I just stood, stood on the word. God, if you before me, who can be against me? You said that Jesus grew in favor with God and man. I thank you for the favor of man being on our church in Jesus' name. Well, how many know after three no's, I went and asked again? I asked again. See, no don't mean no forever. It just means no, not right now. So I went and asked again, and guess what happened? You sitting here this morning. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is designed to lead you into freedom, lead you into success, and lead you to produce life for your life. Galatians chapter 5. Go there quickly. Galatians chapter 5. Just because, now I'm about to to jump into this thing right here now. Just because I'm free does not mean I should exercise all of my freedom. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Watch this now. Just because I'm free. Doesn't mean that I should always exercise my freedom. You say, well, pastor, why do you need freedom? Let me show you what I mean. 513. It says, for brethren, you have been called unto what? Freedom or liberty, but only use not liberty for the occasion to the flesh. In other words, just because you free, don't let your freedom Cause you to walk in the flesh. See, how many know I'm free to drink if I want to drink? Come on now. If I wanted to drink some liquor, I can drink some liquor. I know some of y'all going, no, he a preacher. He shouldn't be drinking liquor. What's the difference between me and you? Nothing. We both saved, right? We're both children of God, right? There are no big sins, little sins, and as long as I don't get drunk, then I'm good. But guess what? I choose to not exercise that liberty. Because some of you all would see me in Papadose with a nice daiquiri on the table and walk out of there, and you would be a living billboard for me. That Pastor Evan, he's a drinker. I know he was sitting up there. He didn't even see me. He was so drunk. Well, no. I'm not, listen, I choose to not drink. And some of you all are using your freedom for the occasion of the flesh. Now find your flesh. Find, touch your neighbor, say neighbor. Find your flesh. Amen. Because everybody, you, 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 you're using your liberty. Well, listen, okay, here's one right here. The Lord just giving me one right here. You are using your liberty to date whoever you want to date. Bad news. Because if you're not dating who he wants you to date, you're dating in the flesh. And if you date in the flesh, guess what's going to happen? You will, of the flesh, reap corruption. Okay, well, let's just move on here. <laughs> that didn't go over too well, did it? Second Corinthians. Go to Second Corinthians. Go to Second Corinthians. Uh, no, no, yeah, go to 2 Corinthians. Look in chapter 11. You, you can't use your liberty for the occasion of the flesh. 2 Corinthians. <sighs> Let me see here. What do I want to do? I got all kind of stuff up here. Mm. Go to 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians. I got to see which one best fits what I'm trying to do. First Corinthians, look in verse chapter six now. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6. Watch what Paul says. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, all things are lawful unto me. But all things that are lawful unto me are not expedient. All things are lawful for me. But I will not be brought under the power of anything. He says, you know what? I have freedom, but I choose to not exercise it. Because if I do, in some ways, starting to exercise things may cause me to be brought under them. Amen. Now, now go, uh, go to uh, 1 Corinthians, go to chapter 10 now. 1 Corinthians 10. Look in chapter 10. Look in verse 23. Watch this. He says, all things are lawful. I'm in verse 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. If what you are doing does not build your relationship with God, and doesn't cause you to become sensitive to the spirit of God. You may want to cut it out. Amen. 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 If you are start trying to stop cussing. You don't need to be looking at rated R movies that got cussing in it. You're not ready for that right now. Because you're trying to stop what they're doing. Now am I against rated R? It's not that. It's just that if, she, if you don't have enough padding. In your spiritual life, those cuss words will get in your spirit. And the next time you're mad, you're going to cuss everybody out. I got two clapping over here. <laughs> How many cusses in the room? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Okay. All right. I got some. I got some. Got some on the front row right here. No, I just let <laughs> it. You just can't walk to work and say, you know what? I have all freedom. I have, I'm free to cuss you out. You can't do that. You can't do that. Check this out. Go to Romans chapter 8. Uh, go to 2 Corinthians again. No, forget it. Go to Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans 8. Go to Romans 8. Now, let me show you the barrier. Everybody say barrier. Let me show you the barrier of why people cannot become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. This is the major barrier in your life. If you can bring this barrier down, and if I don't make any other point this morning, if you can bring this barrier down, you will become more sensitive and spirit driven. And I don't know about you. I have learned that every decision and direction that the Holy Spirit has had me to go in, it has profited me. Here it was, I was 40, uh, 27 years old at the time, years ago, 27 years old, making $40,000 a year, and the Lord tells me to quit my job and go to Bible school in another, uh, another country. How many know I didn't want to do that? No, I didn't want to do that. At the time, here it is, this is back now in 1990. Making $40,000 then was some decent money. Then I was single and wasn't dating nobody, so you wasn't getting my money either. Man, I drove a 300ZX Turbo T-top, had two 12-inch subs in the back. You heard me before you saw me. I didn't even have to worry about running out of gas because my base would get me to the gas station. I mean, I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean, that thing, boom, 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 boom. He ran out of gas again. <laughs> but, but, but watch this now. 
Here it is. God tells me to quit. And when I first got saved, listen to me now. Are you listening to me? When I first got saved, something on the inside, you have to understand, I didn't know the Holy Spirit and I didn't know how it worked in. When I first got saved, something on the inside of me told me that I was not going to marry an American. I couldn't, I couldn't explain it. I knew inside that I was not going to marry an American. But I didn't know how that was going to work. And here it is, we go on a mission trip out of the country, and that's what God wanted me to go to school, not knowing that I would meet my wife in school. But here's my point. If I had not been obedient to the Spirit of God to just trust Him, I probably would not be married to the right person today. Romans chapter 8. Watch this now. It says, For they that are after the flesh. Oh, Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Are you there? See, you're not in the spirit. You should have picked it up. You're not sensitive at all. See, you should have, you should have said, Holy Spirit, where is he? Where is he? Where is he right now? Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> That's why I'm teaching y'all so y'all can learn how to do that, all right? Romans chapter 8, look at verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind, think about, and dwell on the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit do mind, Follow the things of the spirit. Here's the barrier. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Watch this now. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against who? God. For it, the carnal mind, is not subject to the law of God, neither will be. Watch this now, verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Watch this now. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. In other words, I read that for you to see that the barrier to a sensitive to the Holy Spirit believer is a carnal mind. Let me tell you why. Because the Holy Spirit is located in your where class. He's in your heart. But he then speaks to your heart and your heart communicates to your mind what the message from the heart, from the spirit is saying. Now, if your mind is carnal, when the message from the Holy Spirit in your heart gets transferred into your mind, a carnal mind will not receive it. See, the carnal mind has to understand how it's going to work, how it's going to happen. Lord, what am I going to do? Let me tell you a secret. If you keep your mind in that state, you will never see what God wants you to do. Because your eyes haven't seen, nor has your ears heard, your mind doesn't know, and that's why you got to have a renewed mind. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to stop right here. Ephesians chapter 4. Y'all be in a good class this morning. Y'all must have ate your Wheaties. Did you eat your Wheaties this morning? How many ate breakfast this morning? Let me see him. Yeah, good. Yes. Y'all want to know what I ate for breakfast this morning? I ate salmon and peaches. Yes. Yes. I'm pregnant. That was my appetite. It's like, whoa, what do I want this morning? I don't want no cereal. I don't want no, I want some salmon. So I ate some salmon this morning. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. Are you there? 
Watch this now. I want you to write this down. This is a long statement, but I'm going to write it down anyway. An unrenewed mind becomes an enemy to the leading of the Holy Spirit. An unrenewed mind becomes an enemy of the leading of the Holy Spirit. My thinking sets the potential of my spiritual quality of life, but my obedience causes the manifestation of it. I'm going to say it again. Listen to what I'm saying. My thinking, the condition of my mind, sets the potential of my spiritual quality of life. But my obedience causes the manifestation of it. Now, look in Ephesians chapter 4. Look in verse 30. Are you there? It says, watch this now. It says, and grieve a lot the Holy Spirit. What does it say? It says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you have been sealed until when? There it is right there. Now notice he tells us to not grieve. Now that word grieve means to cause grief, to make sorrow, and to be heavy. Go to 1 Thessalonians. I said that was the last one I lied. Keep going. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at verse 19. Now if you don't know where that is, it's on page 990. And we're working on software. We've already bought the software that will help find it real quick. She's working on learning it, okay? First Thessalonians chapter 5, look at verse 19. What's that first word in that verse, class? Huh? Quench not the Holy Spirit. The word quench means to extinguish, to go out, to suppress. And sometimes for you to get led by the Spirit, you can't quench it. See, the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you to do uh, wrong. He's going to tell you to do right. So if you see somebody and and the Holy Spirit, something inside says, don't don't, don't give them your phone number. Don't give them them your phone number. That is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Everybody say Holy Spirit. Spirit. Now. Go to Genesis 1. I got two minutes. Genesis 1. Go to Genesis. Let me show you the process. Everybody say the process. This is really how it works. Spirit moves. God speaks. Things change. I want you to say this with me. Say spirit moves. God speaks. Things change. Say it again. One more time. Spirit moves. God speaks. Things change. Look in Genesis chapter 1. Look in verse 2. It says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. You could just say darkness is in your life. And the Spirit of God moved. Where did he move? He moved upon the face of the waters or he moved on your circumstance. Look at verse three. And then God said, say spirit of God moves. God speaks. Things change. Now, now go over to Matthew chapter three. Let me show you this again. Matthew chapter three. Say spirit moves. God speaks. Things change. Matthew chapter three. Now look in verse 16. Watch this now. And Jesus was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open, 
And he saw the spirit of God descending. Does that sound like the spirit of God was moving? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. The spirit of God was descending like a dove and came down upon him. And then look what the next thing that happened. Verse 17. And lo, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son. Say, spirit moves. God speaks. Things change. And that's what you have to leave here today with. Get up in the morning from this point on and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Because he's going to speak to you to do some things. He's going to give you some direction you need. He's going to give you some. See, this is where all the ideals really ought to be coming from the, from the body of Christ. I'm talking about, see, God's got, God can give you one idea that can take you from making 50000 to 100000 But you know what we do? We chase the hundred instead of chasing the God of the hundred. Everybody say, spirit move. God speaks. Things change. Were you blessed by the word this morning? Every head bow and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, the spirit of God is moving right now. And as the spirit of God...